0: You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show Locked on Horns. So on a Thursday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this, we are just 48 hours away from Texas getting back on the field to close out their season against the Kansas Jayhawks. Found it interesting heading into the final weekend of the season. The West Virginia-Oklahoma game, which was postponed to this weekend, has now been canceled. Not really shocked to hear that news, seeing as the fact that Iowa State doesn't have a game this weekend before the Big 12 championship, and I don't think they wanted Oklahoma to get beat up by West Virginia at all uh, and impacting the Big 12 title game. So much on the line with Iowa State now number seven in the college football ranking, so they're just right there on the outside. If, If a couple things fall their way, they win the Big 12 championship. They can find themselves right in the mix to play in the college football playoffs this year. Not something I thought I would say at the beginning of the year, but it is 2020, so not not at all, not at all shocking there. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the latest head coaching rumors, what Texas needs to do there, uh, possibly do there, uh, should they just stick with Tom Herman. Talk a little bit about the basketball team last night uh, in, in their victory over Texas State uh, as they get ready to play Baylor on Sunday big matchup with the number two ranked Baylor Bears we'll see if that game happens I know that there were some COVID issues on the Baylor side most recently putting that game in question Texas State was in question as well before they tipped off last night and then we'll do a little bit talk about Kansas coming up on Saturday as we get prepared for that game but let's let's talk about the latest rumors the latest thoughts on the Texas Longhorns head coaching search. Now, nothing has been said as far as they are going to move on. It's been talked at great length. I've written plenty of articles about who they should go after. And obviously, missing out on Urban Meyer was huge. Uh, If if you're going to pay $15.4 million in a buyout for Tom Herman, you'd like to think that it's going to be for a big name coach and there isn't a bigger name coach out there available for for texas to to bring in than urban meyer Uh, but he punted on the idea you know we kicked around the idea of a dan Mullen. would he leave florida and come to texas Uh, it's a lot easier to win in the big 12 than it is in the sec Uh, and i'm not saying he wants to take the easy way out but the ultimate goal is to win national championships. You have an easier path to get into the playoff in the big 12 with, you know, I mean, yes, Iowa state has played a lot better this year. Um, That's, you know, that hasn't always been their, their modus operandi, their MO. Usually they falter in November. It's been documented, Uh, but not this year. And, And you could argue that they were helped along the way by Uh, playing a Texas team who had the lead for the most part and made some questionable time management decisions by the head coach that cost him that game and got him in there. Uh, But as far as Dan Mullen, he could come here. His really, his only competition would be against Oklahoma and you're going to play him twice if, if that's the case, because you'll play him, you know, in the second week of October in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl every year. And then Potentially you're going to get them again in the big 12 championship in Arlington, Texas at AT AT&T stadium. That's going to be your big competition there. And then obviously going into the college football playoff, hopefully, I mean, if you win the big 12 and you go through the big 12 season unscathed, uh, you're in uh, essentially as a power five champion. Uh, Typically they're going to go with the ACC because it's normally Clemson. Alabama normally is coming out of the SEC or maybe an LSU team. Uh, but uh, like we saw last year, you know, so uh, Pac-12, not really up there. I mean, they, it seems like Oregon's in the conversation every year, but you know, this year they've fallen off, you know, so th- there's a lot uh, as far as that, that is concerned. But, you know, I, I, pitched the idea of thinking outside the box. What about a Jeff trailer? Now I'll, uh, a lot of people will poo poo the idea. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's not the sexy hire anything. We talk about a guy who was a big 12 recruiter of the year when he was at Texas. So obviously recruiting is in his blood. He was able to land guys like Devin Duvernay, you know, he landed Brandon Jones, you know, the number one safety in the state of Texas. So, um, you know, so those guys right there, you know, he's, he's able to recruit. Plus he had Matt, Matt, Max Maddox, Matt Maddox. Uh, Who, when he was the offensive line coach, he produced an all-American and Connor Williams, and they had one of the best rushing run games in college football. They haven't seen a run game like that from Donta Foreman. They haven't seen that at Texas since. You could argue that Bijan Robinson would, you know, typically he he's kind of in that role. He could do that for you, you know. So I, I think it's an interesting idea, but. My caveat is, if you're going to buy out Tom Herman, it's going to have to be a name that you can sell this fan base. It's going to have to be a name you can sell this administration, and I don't think Jeff Trailer does that. I think Matt Campbell could, uh, but as we saw recently, reports from Dennis Dodd of CBS said that he's not interested in Texas. And you know the two jobs that he's interested in is Ohio State, not going to come up anytime soon. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame is interesting because now Brian Kelly's getting rumored as far as NFL jobs. You know, if that was to come open, then likely Matt Campbell would probably be first in line. There's an idea that he'd go to Michigan, but as a Ohio guy, I'm not 100% sold that he would, and I'm not 100% sold that Michigan's going to make a move from Jim Harbaugh, at least not this season uh they probably should because it, it's not looking good there and they're not the power that they once were much like texas the lo- the luster is gone um you know i, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because you know this is texas but y- you have to look at the facts right now is, is they're not anywhere near where they were uh and texas is trending downwards uh under tom herman they haven't had the recruiting classes that they had the first two years and when you complete When you add losses on top of that. Um, But as far as Tom Herman is concerned, I don't think they're going to do anything uh, before the end of the season. National signing day is happening in less than a week. Uh, So they're not going to make a move unless they have a guy already in place and they don't want to chance some of these signings like a Jatavion Sanders uh, from dipping out and going to another school. I mean, he stayed committed to Texas. uh, It seems like through. All the various channels that everyone that's talked to him, they really like him. Uh, but coming up next, let's talk a little bit about the basketball team and, and what they did last night. But first, I'll tell you about Coors Light. With uh, with the season wounding up, or it's it's close to winding down, uh, we're going to get into bowl season. And, and for me, when I when I'm always on the go, talking about covering this football team, covering basketball, I'm always on the go, and I need a time to chill out. I reach or that cold-filtered, cold lager, Coors Light. It is the official beer that is made to chill. You got that great Rocky Mountain taste from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. It's a fantastic taste. You just reach right into your fridge, crack it open, and then you can begin to chill. But as always, we ask you to celebrate responsibly. With all these cancellations, even if your team is not playing their football on, their sports on... You just need to chill, so reach for that beer. And the great thing is you can get it brought right to you. So go to get.coorslight.com. You can find out who will deliver that cold Coors Light straight to you. You know, with this pandemic that's been going on for eight months, nine months, we're still in this situation where we can't get out a lot. You know, we're we're going to work. We're coming home. We're staying in. We're, you know, socially distancing, uh, but we still need to get our fitness in. We still need to uh, cut that hunger. You know, and so the best thing that I can give you is go to Built Bar. I mean, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. You're getting twenty percent off. I mean, Built Bar has great taste less sugar, less carbs and it's covered in 100% chocolate mint brownie my absolute favorite flavor that they come out with. When I need my energy, when I want to cut those cravings, I reach into my bag, I pull out that mint brownie built bar. It's fantastic and it tastes great. It doesn't have that chalky flavor or that funny aftertaste. Uh it's fantastic. So head on over to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're getting 20% off your next order. So on Wednesday night, the Texas Longhorns basketball team was back on the court following that close loss to Villanova on Sunday uh, in the Big East Big 12 Challenge. They are back on the floor last night, and we got to see some of what many thought we were going to see this year from this team, the athleticism. And you're talking about a Kai Jones, a guy who's going to come off the bench. He's going to give you minutes. He's going to give you a lot of minutes. Um, you know, so that right there is exciting to see, to see him come off. I mean, there was one particular play where, you know, he gets a block on one end, he races down the other end and catches an alley-oop lob dunks it down. I mean, those are the things that are really going to help this team, especially when they're going up against a Baylor team, you know, who can score a lot and, uh, you know, they're very experienced and they have multiple players who are viewed uh, as top NBA draft picks, um, you know, so or prospects. So they're going to need that kind of athleticism. Those, those, And plus that that style of play when you do that, it gets your team hyped up and, and, you know, you get energy. And that's why I think that Brock Cunningham is so vital to this team because he does the dirty work. You know, the the hustling for the ball and, and you know, diving into the stance, trying and save the ball, to keep possession. Maybe he's trying to earn you an extra possession, you know. So I think those are the things that he does really well. And I think that's why, you know, he's beneficial. Plus, when he's shooting the three, he can spread the floor for you. Um, you know, he's not the most consistent three-point shooter, but if you can get some shots for him, you know, that, that definitely is going to help this basketball team. And I think that's one thing that's really exciting about what Brock Cunningham brings to this team. Of course, the big name we're all going to talk about is Greg Brown. Uh, obviously, the son of former Texas safety Greg Brown II. Um, you know, he's it was in his blood to play basketball at the University of Texas. Obviously, his uncle, Roderick Anderson, also played at Texas uh, under the legendary coach uh, Tommy Penders. So, obviously, coming to Texas was it for him. And and Greg Brown is another one of those top players that Shaka's been able to get to come to Texas, the one-and-done guys. But one thing that we saw on Wednesday night was, you know, obviously the energy, the flashy dunks. I mean, we, we get that with him. The only thing that's missing from Greg Brown, I think, is going to be his shooting. He hasn't – outside of, you know, the close-ups, you know, he hasn't really shown – much of a mid-range, you know, to an outside shot. And that was the one thing that you got last night. He took seven three-point shots and hit three of them. I mean, I think if you can get that kind of production out of him, that only enhances, obviously, his NBA draft stock because uh, For the Win came out with their latest mock, and he's a second-round pick. I think if he can continue to grow, he can work himself into a lottery pick this year. The thing that he's going to have to do is he's going to have to shoot, the mid-range, the deep ball, plus, uh, you know, banging inside. And, and the great thing is he's protected uh, inside because you have a Jericho Sims. You know, you have a Kai Jones. You know, those guys, those 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", guys inside really help. And, and that way that they can feed off the athleticism of a Greg Brown. And and that's one of the great things. And then you look at, you know, Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. Um, you know, as long as they keep shooting – Uh, You know, they're going to provide you some rebounds as bigger guards, uh, you know, the assists, the steals, maybe some blocks. But what you like most about Jones and and Ramey are their scores. And that's really what this team needs uh, because they have a facilitator. You know, they have Matthew Coleman who can facilitate the offense. And and so I think that brings a level of excitement. I think that this basketball team as a whole, uh, I think they're they're really in the running to be that number two team. I mean, I think you're still going to have to deal with Kansas. Uh, you're still going to have to deal with Texas Tech, although Texas Tech struggled against an Abilene Christian team on Wednesday night. You know, so, you know, maybe they overlooked them. Um, you know, sometimes they just don't have the energy uh, on an any night. I mean, Texas has done that in the past where they just didn't have the energy and and, and lose to a team that they shouldn't lose. And while Tech didn't lose, you uh, you know, that those kind of things are eyebrow raisers. but I think it's down to Tech Kansas and Texas. Uh, you could throw West Virginia in there. I think they're another team that, that you're really gonna have to watch. And uh it's gonna be a battle. And in Texas, we'll we'll find out a lot about Texas coming up on Sunday when they play Baylor, the number two team in the country. It's gonna be really interesting to see how that game goes. I, I really wanna see the energy level. I wanna see how Greg Brown plays against a heightened level of competition because uh, you have to remember this guy was playing high school last year. I mean, he's only a freshman. Uh, there is that level of excitement that, that really nobody has seen at the university of Texas for a freshman since probably Kevin Durant. And, you know, that, I mean, I know that's that's high expectations and high praise. Obviously he won player of the year, but that, you know, those are the level of excitement that you really have to like uh, with a, with a Greg Brown. And Shaka's and really trying to put these guys together, and, and it's going to be interesting to watch them. Uh, but the great thing about Texas, the Texas State game is you saw the dunks, you saw the athleticism, you saw them running on both sides uh, of the court, You know, running down the offensive end after you know securing a, a rebound or, or the transition game was fantastic. We got to see that. And I think those are the things that they're going to have to continue doing uh, if they want to compete in the Big 12, if Shaka Smart wants to finally – get into the tournament and get a tournament win at the University of Texas. That's the one thing that's missing for him. It's really his best shot. This season really is Shaka Smart's best shot. And it might be his last shot if he if he doesn't pull it off. Uh because we're on year six now of Shaka Smart and, and they haven't seen the return on investment. And I don't think that Christel Conte will continue to allow that to happen for another year. Uh you know Karen Aston was a coach of the women who who had more success than Shaka, but she couldn't get over the hump of, of a Baylor. And they ultimately went with another coach, and big shaper, and and the women's team is looking pretty dominant this year. Uh, you know, so there's there's a lot of excitement there. But coming up next, let's talk about this game on Saturday, Kansas versus Texas and Lawrence. Game has been moved to 3 p.m. kick. Uh, and you can watch that game on ESPN, Two. It's hard to get excited about a football game, specifically this football game, because Texas is playing for absolutely nothing. Essentially, uh, they could be—you could argue that they're playing for better bowl seating. Um, they need a win to stay ahead of an Oklahoma State. Depending on which bowl you're wanting to get, and it's going to be interesting to see how the the game ends between Oklahoma and Iowa State if Iowa State gets into the college football playoff could we see uh a three loss Oklahoma team getting into the Big 12 the uh, an at large bid playing at AT&T Stadium in the Cotton Bowl probably not uh but you know it's going to be interesting to see how how that all works out or could it be that they take a Iowa State team who went 8 and 1 in conference maybe they put them in the Cotton Bowl and move Oklahoma into the playoff. I I doubt that they're going to do that because Oklahoma would really need to jump a lot. Uh, but it's likely that you're going to see the winner play in the big, in the uh, cotton bowl. Uh, and then the the loser likely getting the Alamo bowl. Um, you got the cheese bowl out in, uh, out in Orlando or the Texas bowl in Houston. I think those are the bowls that we're, you know, really looking at. Uh, so that's, that's why this win would be important to stay ahead of an Oklahoma state uh, for seating purposes. And so those are exciting to, to think about and, and, and that game. And the fact that this could be Sam Ellinger's very last game, regular season game at the university of Texas. Now, what, what can Sam do? I mean, currently he's seven touchdowns, total touchdowns behind Colt McCoy for number one, in Texas history. Uh he's currently number four overall in Big Twelve history, tied with Landry Jones with 126 touchdowns. Uh so with his next touchdown, he'll he'll move into sole position of that. And he's closing in on Colt McCoy, as we said, for that number three spot. So you're talking about a top four statistically top four quarterback in Big 12 history. Uh, you know, he's seven, number seven and number eight in passing touchdowns and passing yards in big 12 history. So, you know, he's done a lot. So is this his last game? That's going to be going to be a big thing to watch because I could actually see a scenario where Sam Elliott comes back next year. You know, maybe he hears from the NFL draft board that they're not high on him and he needs another year. I could see a situation where he comes back to Texas because he does have that extra year of eligibility due to the fact that the NCAA paused the eligibility uh, or froze it uh, due to this pandemic year. Sam Ellinger coming back would probably ensure, in fact, I think, I mean, it pretty much guarantees it. He's going to set every Texas record. Is that important to him? Maybe it is. You know, Um and, and that's fine. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, he broke all the records, but needed a fifth year to do it. I'm not here for all those arguments. What's important to him? And it might be a simple fact that he wants to win a Big 12 championship. And maybe coming back next year is his best shot. This year looked like it was going to be his best shot, given the fact that Oklahoma was down, uh, but the loss to TCU, and then a loss to Oklahoma, a loss to Iowa State, just ruined it ended any chance of him playing for a big 12 championship this year. Maybe he comes back for that very reason. The other thing is Kansas gives up a lot of points and we're, I think they average 50 points per game in big 12 play. Uh, As far as their defense scoring defense, the only game that they didn't was against Texas tech, Uh, but they're still, it's still high up there, but, but Texas showed last week what they can do against the defense isn't very good. They put up 69 points, and they did it in three quarters. Very similar to the UTEP game. Could could they come out and have that kind of game? The other thing, let B. John Robinson continue to run. Um, as we saw against West Virginia, uh, we saw it again against Kansas State. When you give that guy the rock, good things happen. He has 520 yards rushing this year to lead the team. 392 of those yards have come after contact. That's five yards per carry after contact. Against Kansas State alone, 16.1 yards after contact. That's going to be something to watch. The other thing is the defense. Juwan Mitchell will not be able to play in the first half of this game uh, due to a targeting call in the second half against Kansas state, where he had to miss the second half of the game. Now he has to miss the first half of the next game due to those rules. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how does Jalen Ford look? David Gabenga, Gabenda, Uh, you know, those guys can get some snaps. Um, and and It's going to be interesting to see how they, how they do with those snaps Uh, because Texas has an issue with depth at the linebacker position. And that's a position that they, they sincerely need to fix. They need to figure it out and they need to figure it out in a hurry. Uh, Cause if they want to compete, that the linebackers are going to be important. And that's why I think DeMarvian Overshone is so important. Uh, that move really helped that defense this year. Uh, not knowing who was going to play weak side linebacker, the move DeMarvian overshone, he takes over as a former safety, uh, you know, and now people are talking about him as a, NFL draft pick next year uh, he's likely not going to come out this year especially considering this was actually his first year of consistent play as a starter uh you know and then how does Jaron Thompson look in in week two um he looked really good against Kansas State but how does he look in his second game against Kansas he had an interception against Kansas State he almost had a second um, you know, those are the things that this defense needs, that that secondary needs, that, that back end needs. I don't think anybody expects this to be a close game, and for that reason alone, get as many people on the field as you can. The young guys uh, on the offensive side, let Sam Ellinger just take it over. I mean, there's there's no point in in playing anybody else. Um, I think we we've heard that from Tom Herman. He's he he said this is Sam's team, and he's going to let him go out on top so likely like you saw last week you won't see casey thompson and or hudson card until the fourth quarter probably once they've put a pretty big lead and 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 maybe sam gets one step closer to that century mark that 100 yard touchdown passes or 100 touchdown passes and he's at 93 right now he needs seven so maybe he comes out and puts 42 points up in the first half comes out in the third quarter throws another one and they take him out we saw it against UTEP early on in the season, so it'll be interesting to see how that all works. Yeah, but that's going to do it this edition of the Locked On Longhorn Podcast. Make sure you're tuning in to your team every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'll see you all on Friday.